Hello, welcome to the Lewisburg United Methodist Church podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For sermon notes and videos related to this message, please visit lwbumc.com. Today's scripture reading comes from Peter chapter 1, verse 8. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, my real life is not here at Lewisburg United Methodist, although I enjoy working here, but my real life is I am a mom of four teenagers now. In case you don't know where my kids are, I have two 14-year-olds that are becoming freshmen tomorrow, a rising junior who is 16, and a rising senior who is 17, and it's my real life where I spend most of my time. So I thought, um, as we look at the scripture verse today, it's, it's a prayer that I'm asking all of us to pray over our children, over children around us. And so I thought I would tell you, give you a glimpse into my real life. I received this email from one of my children. Um, Darren put a picture of it on the screen for me. I don't think you're supposed to email from school, but she did. And here's her email from Mary. Dear parents, please let me have the sunroom. I will pay for all the necessities, including rugs, curtains, blankets, and anything else that is needed. I also like the room's color already, so we don't have to change it. I have roomed with Ella for 14 years, and now I want my own room. You knew this day was coming. I pray you will let me have my own room. These are the important things that I deal with on a daily basis in my home. I have another thing I want to share with you. There's another child, her twin, um, Ella. Um, She was not feeling well, and they were headed to dance class. Let's put on the blank screen. Okay, so she was headed to dance class. She wasn't feeling very well, and so her twin, Mary Quinn, was going to go next door to the dance studio where the Dairy Queen is and pick up dinner for both of them and bring it back to the dance studio where they dance. But Mary Quinn, I guess, got so excited about her own meal that she got this big combo meal with all kinds of chicken fingers and smoothies and all kinds of good stuff, and only brought Ella just a little snack. And so Ella calls and leaves this message on my voicemail. You texted me and said that Mary was going to bring me food. You know what? She brought me a sundae, a caramel sundae. I'm like, wow, so healthy. And she got herself a drink, a smoothie, and chicken tenders and fries. And she gave me a caramel sundae. And I'm sick. I need energy, and I'm dying of starvation. So you better bring me food. I love you. Bye. (laughs) The Sunday was free. (laughs) You know, our kids are constantly, um, they're constantly at me. I I get text messages every day from one of my children. Um, Her name's Annie, and she loves to find out what's for dinner because she knows there's probably nothing for dinner because I don't cook well, and I run out of food really quickly in our house. And so these are her text messages that I get daily. I said, do you want a milkshake? She said, yes. She said, are you making pasta? I said, no, we're grilling tonight. Pasta is Wednesday. This text message goes on and on. And every day we get to hear her panic for what's for supper. I have one more to share with you. I have my oldest son. Now he was my firstborn, of course. And 
We knew when he was born that being our first baby, he was so smart and just so amazing. And in fact, he was so smart that we knew he was smarter than all of your children. And we even had him tested because we just thought, this kid is so bright, he's going to be going to medical school. Well, time has passed, and we've learned that BG has a great personality. (laughs) And that he may not be going into the field of medicine, but we do know that he's going to be a rock star. And we're cool with that. We're good with that. We're totally good with that. I guess my point is this. I'm in the middle of raising children. Some of you are too. And we can only guide them. We don't get to control. I certainly cannot predict. So I'm thankful that we have this passage of scripture this morning that is going to remind us that we can pray over our children. My mom was always asked many times, how did you raise all six of those children? And she says the same thing every time. I raised them on my knees. 1 Peter 1.8 is going to remind us this morning, as it did me this last couple weeks, just to pray for our children. If you don't have children that maybe are underfoot right now, many of you have adult children. And boy, we need to continue to pray for them. Some of you have grandchildren. And oh, how deeply... We need to pray for them. You may know children within this congregation, students that are involved here in the ministries of Lewisburg Methodist. Pray for them if you don't have your own. Pray over this Bible verse over your own heart as we enter this new season, school starting back. In your faith journey and in your children's faith journey, I think this one scripture verse encompasses everything we want for our faith journey this year. And Peter starts by acknowledging something that's hard. He says, we have not seen God, and we still do not see him. You know, it's hard that we follow and love and worship a God who we don't get to see. And if it's hard for you and me as maturing, faith-bound Christians, imagine how difficult that is for children and for teenagers to worship and follow after a God that they do not see. So it's important that we pray for them. Y'all may have heard this story before, but there's an early church leader named Augustine, and he was sharing from the Gospels, and someone stood up right in the middle of his speech and began to accost him, an unbeliever, and this is what the unbeliever said. He was holding in his hand his idol, his God, and he says, here's my God, where's your God? Augustine said, I cannot show you my God, not because there is no God to show but because you have no eyes to see him. Peter's encouragement today through this prayer verse is going to help us through our journey. And he just talks about three simple things. He says love, and then he says trust, and then he speaks of this word joy. What if we pray those three words as our prayer theme? Let's start with that idea of love that we want to love God, but until we understand that we are so deeply loved, it is hard to love anybody else. It's hard to love our own children if we don't first feel loved. God is the, the great lover of your heart. His love is deeper and wider than even the love that you have for your own kids. Your child was created and designed by him, and they belong to God, so we want to pray love over our children. I like the... Um, study done by Psychology Today. They did a a study or an article on what it means to be loved and to have a sense of belonging. And here's what they found out. A sense of being loved or belonging is a human need, just like food and shelter. 
A sense of belonging helps you know that you are valued. It improves your motivation, encourages your health and happiness. You know, I wonder if we understood how much we really are loved by God. If your children understood how deeply they are loved, if things might not be different. Sometimes I wonder how much we react or how we create complicated conflicts that often stem because we're seeking to be valued. We're trying to let folks know, I matter. I know this. I'm going to give you a little test to think about in your mind. I want you to identify something that you have said or done in the past that you wish you hadn't. A regret. Think about that for a second. Do you know that that very thing that you did did not change God's mind about you? He still loves you in a wild and wonderful way. The next word that Peter talks about is not only should we pray love over our children, let us pray for trust. Here's how Peter says it. Even though we still cannot see God, we can trust him. You know, trust is a hard thing to sort of define and explain, and certainly to children. So Cody's going to try it this way. He's back there with the children at Children's Church, and he's going to have all the children close their eyes, and they can't look. And in the room, he's placing chairs all over the place, and the children have to walk around without seeing and find a chair to find out if it's there. And once they find a chair, they have to sit in it and trust that it's going to hold them. You know, that's kind of what we're doing in this faith journey. Sometimes it feels like we're walking around with our eyes closed, but God is there. And God is worthy of you taking a seat and resting in him. And I'm hoping today with Cody that the children get to see that, that God is present even though you may not be able to physically see him. I'm in the thick of parenting. Some of you are too. And sometimes I wonder if my children not seeing God is sometimes my fault. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'm not godlike. I lose my cotton picking mine at my house, and everything that I built up in their faith crumbles in that moment that I have a meltdown. Sometimes I wonder if they haven't seen God because I've gotten in his way. I too have to trust that God is bigger than me, and he's bigger than your mistakes, and that God is working in their lives. The third and final word that Peter gives us that we can pray over our children is the word joy. We all know that joy doesn't mean happiness. We can't always be happy, but we can experience joy in the middle of hard times. See, joy is kind of a faith word. It's a spiritual word. It's a little deeper. It's a little wider. It's a little bigger than the word happy. I like the way this mom, she has a blog, and she prays over her children by using scripture. So that when she's not feeling the joy over her children, she lets God's word speak over them. Let me read what she said. She said, I don't know that my child will never experience a heartbreak, but I do know Psalm 147 that says God heals the brokenhearted and he will bind up their wounds. I don't know that my child will get a job and be financially stable all of his life, but I do know Psalm 18 that says God is a shield to all who take refuge in him. She continues, I don't know whether my child will avoid every devastating disease, but I do know what Isaiah says in chapter 40. Those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. Isn't it a beautiful idea to pray scripture 
when you're not sure what else to pray. Sometimes my prayers are so repetitive, I'm tired of hearing them. It's a lot of anxiety and worries to God. So I'm going to start practicing this Peter idea of praying scripture rather than my own worries. Peter was not perfect. I know that Peter's name meant the rock, which meant he was solid and he was a faith person. But let me tell you something else about Peter. He was impulsive. He was impatient. He would lose his mind like I do sometimes. And let me tell you what he said. In chapter 5, he says, I was a witness of the sufferings of Christ. But you know what's interesting? He wasn't there when Jesus hung on that cross because that particular day he was hiding in fear. Peter says, all are called to, uh, and eager to serve in 1 Peter 5. But yet, Peter remained seated when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. Peter says to us, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. But do you know what he did when Jesus asked him to pray for him? He fell asleep, remember? One more example. Peter said um, in chapter 2, submit yourself to the Lord for his sake to every human authority. But do you remember when the human authorities showed up, that soldier in the garden that night? Peter lopped off his ear with a sword. I am sharing this with you not to make fun of Peter or to, or to disclaim that he was a faith um, father, but to remind you that he wasn't perfect, that we cannot ask our children to be perfect. I'm thankful that my mom tells me this all the time. She goes, do not pray for your children's behavior. Do not pray that they will be perfect or that they will always do it right. Pray they have tender hearts. Tender hearts that might always listen to the God who created them. That's what we need to pray for our children. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment since school starts tomorrow. All you adults got to feel their pain. We're going to do a little homework this week. I'm going to ask that you take these three words, take this passage, and I want you to spend some time with it this week. I would love for you each day to maybe pray this verse over your child. Oh God, may they know love. May they choose trust in a crazy, chaotic time. May they experience joy when life is so full of wounding. Maybe you could do it as a mantra over and over again. Maybe when you're not sure what to pray, you just call out these three words to God saying, love, trust, and joy. I tried this on Friday. I was having a little argument with one of my kids, and it wasn't going well. It wasn't going anywhere. And I decided just to be quiet, and I said, okay, I'm supposed to be praying this prayer. So in my mind, I started saying over and over again, love, trust, and joy. And you know, it got awfully quiet when I quieted down and focused on those words. That's my challenge to you this week. Maybe spend some time praying these words, praying this verse over your own heart, over your grandchildren's heart, over your children's heart, over students within this congregation, over our schools, that we might pray this prayer together. So let us close in prayer. God, we thank you for this simple and sweet reminder from your word that all that we really need for life is love, trust, and joy. We pray it over our own hearts. We pray it over our children's hearts, our grandchildren's hearts, those children we come in contact with, and those children that we love. We pray it over them in this moment. In Jesus' name.
you with the sad eyes don't be discouraged though i realize it's hard to take courage in a world full of people you can lose sight of it all and the darkness inside you makes you feel so small but i see your true colors shining through see your true colors that's why i love you so don't be afraid to let them show your true colors true colors are beautiful like a you crazy and you've taken all you can bear just call me up because you know I'll be there and I see your true colors shining through I see your true colors that's why I love you so don't be afraid to let them show your true colors true colors are beautiful like a Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Lewisburg United Methodist Church. We pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For additional teaching, resources, and podcasts, as well as who we are and our upcoming events, please visit our website, lwbumc.com.